Okay. It is. Uh, okay. So I, yes. Well, hello, Francesca. Here we are. I'm talking with Francesca. Hello, uh, my, uh, Hello, Francesca. And Francesca is my longest friend bar one. Um, uh, I have three friends. And as I was just saying, you are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've known you since, I think I wrote this out this morning, since 1979. Yes, absolutely. Gee, where it's different millennium, even a different millennium. When I was now, the Yank in the, at University of East Anglia, mm-hmm. in my residence hall. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, astonishingly, we've managed to keep in touch one way or another for, uh, for uh, all, I can't even do the, the maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's across, no, I can't He's do the across millennium boundaries because it's just too, <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard for me because I'm getting old. I'm 60 now. And, uh, you know, so uh, um, that's generally it. So anyway, what I thought we could do is just chat through, um, you know, what it's like to be able to be around at the moment, because uh, it's an interesting time. Is it not? That it is. What's that? So I thought we could, let's What's do that some first? questions about who's you know going to that... Who, who you, who's going to win and, uh, and, and then who you'd like to win and why? Um, what's that curse? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> we live in interesting times. Um, okay, so I, you and I know each other because I took my junior year, my third year of university in England. And university in America is four years. And so I was over in England for one year, which was a lovely, wonderful, wonderful year. And it gave me the opportunity to travel extensively and get sort of a perspective of the world outside of my own little bubble. And I think that's a really important thing for people to do and wish more people had the opportunity to do that. Um, I live now right outside Washington, DC, near the border of Washington in, in suburban Maryland or I think as you would say, Maryland. Do you say Maryland in, in Ireland? I used to, but now since you've schooled me, I now say Maryland. <laughs> exactly, Maryland. <laughs> Maryland or Maryland. Um, and, but, but I do have to say with regards to this upcoming election, I do live in a bit of a bubble because I have taught a high school or as you would call it secondary school for 36 years. So many, many, many of my friends are teachers. My husband is a musician. He plays Irish music and, and uh, has a day job with a nonprofit. So many, many of our, our friends either work for nonprofits or are uh, musicians. And none of us can stand Donald Trump. Um, and so I like to think that Joe Biden will win this election because I can't imagine how this country could survive another four years of Donald Trump. We'll come back to that, believe me. There's a whole second that Right. <laughs> but the prospect terrifies me. But I do recognize the fact that um, I live in a liberal bubble. Um, but having said that, a lot of what you read or you may be reading suggests that that uh, people that have a lot of money like Donald Trump, and, and I don't think that's necessarily true either because I have uh, first cousins, many first cousins, all of whom are older than I am, who live in New York City, 
um, who have a lot of money and they can't stand Donald Trump. They say that even before he was elected, they knew that he was um, a huckster and that, that people in the business world in New York City didn't trust him. Um, they saw him as being dishonest and a bad businessman. So there you have it. I hope Joe Biden wins. I'm terrified at the prospect that he won't. So now that uh, that may be your heart and your head talking, but what do you what do you actually think if you were pinned to the wall? What do you think is going to happen? I shouldn't use that doom laden voice because that's rather <laughs> leading. <you laughs> right, that's how I'm feeling. Let's do it. Uh, no, no, cheery, cheery okay, British. Okay, okay. What do you so, think is going to happen? Just right, go. right. Right. Knowing we were, ha we were going to have this conversation, I, I was giving it some thought last night and, and I came up with this. Now, obviously I'm no political scientist. Um, I'm no expert. Uh, this is just from my reading the New York Times and the Washington Post and talking to friends and family members who've talked to their friends and family members, et cetera, et cetera, ripple effect. But may I, may I just jump in there to say yeah. what you're forgetting is that we live in an age where experts and knowledge are uh, redundant. So uh, do not fear about claiming to know very little. Okay. <laughs> that's an essential qualification for speaking on any kind of media outlets at the moment. Uh, okay, so I, what, okay, so here's the thing. There are a couple of what I would see as the classifications of the type of people that support Donald Trump. And the question is how many of these there are. So one is the, one group, and there's some overlap here, but one group would be people who believe that he's good for the economy. And this might be, oh, bring back coal. You know, I'm a coal miner, I need my job back. He's gonna bring back coal. Um, or he's gonna cut my taxes, so I will have more money in the bank. Um, somehow he's going to make my 401k grow faster. And so he's good for the economy. He's a good businessman, which of course I don't think is the case, but they believe this. He's a good businessman. He's all for business. He's going to bring back jobs from China. He's going to start American factories working again and send Americans back to work. Okay. So that's one group. Another group are the single issue voters. Um, and those would be people who just focus on the abortion issue. That group focuses on the abortion issue. And so they, that would be people who uh, are happy that he's packing the courts with conservative judges and want to overturn Roe versus Wade and end abortion rights um, and um, engage in a lot of um, hyperbole about the you know, pro-choice movement and see themselves as pro-life, which they are not necessarily because they also tend to be pro-capital punishment and even pro-war at times, but they're anti-abortionists. Um, and another group would be the white supremacists, of course, that are racists that see him as an ally because he speaks their language. You know, he, he um, disparages Mexicans specifically, um, and seems to see all people from Central America as being Mexican. Um, and he, during the um, uh, protests and uh, clashes last year in Charlottesville, where people showed up with Nazi flags, said, oh, there are good people on both sides, and Ku Klux Klan 
uh, members showed up. Okay, so there's racist white supremacists, and I think that's sort of an, a backlash from Obama's presidency. Mm-hmm. Then there's the insiders that are taking advantage and see him as being a sort of a puppet guy that they can they can get um, something out of his presidency, and that of course would be the rest of the Trump family for, for the most part and their allies, um, his surrogates. Um, then there's the anti-immigration group who want, you know, America first, anti-immigration, speak English. You know, I don't want to hear Spanish in this country. Where are all these Spanish-speaking people coming from? They're not complaining about the Canadians. They're complaining about people coming up from Central America. And they they seem to have no empathy. Um, And they say, well, my grandfather came legally, or my great-grandfather came legally. Why can't you? And don't even understand that there aren't any legal channels um, for people to come right now from many of these countries. And then um, there's the QAnon nutcases oh. who believe all these conspiracy theories about uh, government um, or former government officials spearheading uh, child sex abuse rings and that Trump is trying to save the children. And then here's the scariest one. You would think QAnon would be the scariest, but they're not. Mm. The mm. Scariest one. There's more? There's more, one more, one more. The scariest one would be the group of people who believe that he was sent by God to bring about the end of the world good. and that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because the first one, I mean, sent by God, who knows? But to bring about the end of the world, mm, I can see where that comes from. But sent by God to bring thing. about the end of the world, Armageddon, and then that's right. a good thing. Yes. Uh, do these people um, have any kind of uh, name or uh, identity? Well, some evangelicals. Some oh, evangelicals right. believe okay. that. I okay. don't think all evangelicals believe that. Some of them fit into other categories, but some of the evangelicals, I actually have a friend whose husband's cousins all believe this, um, that he was sent by God to bring about the end of the world and that that's a good thing, that it's time. It's the end times and he's the, he's the conduit for the end times. Right. No, so, here, so the question yeah, is, yeah, yeah. how many yeah. of these people are there? Okay, so that's quite one question. And the second question is, will we have a free and fair election? I, you're doing, this is, you're giving a very, very good, um, that list of special interest groups sounded huge. I thought yeah. you were gonna mention two, but that's huge. Now, so then, um, were they, were they, how many of those were not around in 2016 to try and give ourselves as much encouragement as possible? In 2016, okay, QAnon was a, not a thing, but there, there, there must have been an equivalent, you know, d- a dangerous um, idiot internet group perhaps not as, you know, virulent, and there certainly wasn't COVID, but, but, um, God. In 2016, so do you think that uh, that group of special interest, who, because it doesn't matter what Joe Biden does or says, he's never going to win them, right? Um, I would say that that is, in fact, true. Yes. So were there more of those in 2016, or are there now less? Um, I would say, to say, of course, isn't it really? One thing that you said that I think is cr- sort of the linchpin for all of this 
is you mentioned the internet. Mm. And I, I don't think Donald Trump could have won in 2016 without the internet. Mm. I think the internet, as I always told my students, I used to tell my students, you know, it was easier to do research papers when I was in school and there was no internet than it is now. And they'd look at me like I was crazy. And they'd say, what do you mean? And, I, and I'd say, well, in my day, we had to get books out of the library and, the, and check the publication date mm. and who the publishers were. And the mm. publishers had editors and the editor's job was to check for the material to make sure it was accurate. And sometimes they screwed up, but when they screwed up, it was a big deal. And the publishing company got in trouble and it was news. And now we have the internet and there's no editors. And remember the index? Do you remember the index? Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, that's, that, that has no equivalent. That has no, no Yes, exactly. There's no equivalent and there's no editors. Footnotes. Good Lord. Footnotes. Yes. Imagine, yes. imagine the world without Things footnotes. aren't vetted. Nothing's vetted. And so there's a it, misinformation spreads like wildfire. And so, yeah. So it, isn't, I, it isn't information, is it? It's well, noise. Well, it's, then it's, there's also these algorithms that just keep giving you what you like. So once you get into a rut of reading something online, it will keep giving you, the algorithm will keep giving you mm. information that ties mm. into the information you've already read. So it reinforces whatever position you already have, mm. you know? And I suppose you could argue, to be the devil's advocate, I suppose you could argue that, as I said earlier, I read the Washington Post and the New York Times. And so if you were, if you were of that ilk, I suppose you could argue that the Washington Post and the New York Times both have, have reputations for be, having liberal leanings. Um, and so maybe I'm doing the same thing even with print journalism. Um, that I'm accusing the internet of doing whole, you know, whole scale globally. But I think the, um, both the New York Times and the Washington Post have, before this particular presidency, had the respect of, for the most part, uh, people on both sides of the aisle as being, as employing competent journalists mm. and not muckrakers and so anyway, back to your original question, how many of the, these existed before? Um, I think, I, you know, I grew up in, in the 1960s in New Jersey, right outside New York City, uh, 20 miles west of New York City. And I went all through Catholic schools and even the nuns in that era in the late 60s, early 70s, were fairly liberal. I mean, we had to read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and we had to learn all about the civil rights movement, and a number of them played the guitar, and I played the guitar, and we would sit around campfires and sing Kumbaya. And so I, I'm thinking to myself, where are these people coming from that are, are so racist and, and anti-immigrant, and they're like my age, where, where mm. were they? Mm. And, Mm. And I think, I think what Trump's presidency has done is it's given them a voice, a, a platform, a platform. Um, and before, maybe it was considered um, antisocial. And so even if, if these people harbored these thoughts, they didn't express them. And now they're Absolutely. expressing them. 
because the internet i do think i, I think i hadn't meant to make any kind of interesting point at all um, not that clever but um the internet does it's so, so important because uh if you have any kind of view as we're doing now um this can be in 2016 i could not have shoveled yours and mine uh, uh thoughts into the entire entire interweb um to be right. received by proxima centuri as well as right. uh, you know the cooperative store down the road now that clause has its upsides for people like ourselves who are decently educated <laughs> and massively confused liberals <laughs> if you are uh, if you are uh, you know QAnon or you you only speak um you only speak Klingon <laughs> you can have a whole channel so the, the and because there's no as you say about books there's no editorial process or anything of that sort um your views are um, instantly given credence because of their mass circulation not because of their inherent value now i do think in 2016 there was a lot less of that so these people are and they're able to organize and they're able to because uh, what that was one of the things over here with brexit in 16 was that um was that uh, the uh, opposition to the European Union was largely misinformed by what was being shared through algorithm der derived um, uh, muck spreading and 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 uh, lie uh, compacting? But anyway, you skirted away from the real question I asked at the deep at the end of that beginning of that, which was: if you're pinned to the wall, make a prediction. What are we? Let's suppose we are going to know the result in November and it's not going to be litigated until after I'm dead. <laughs> Which will be many, many decades hence. Um, so you wake up on, when is it? November the 4th? 3rd. 3rd. So you wake up on the 4th. Yeah. Oh, you see the first exit poll, which of course doesn't tell us anything either, but it, it may... What do you what do you think you're seeing in your envisionment? I don't know, but the question is making my stomach feel upset. <laughs> mm. I mean, Let me make it easier for you then. Uh, I too did some homework because I knew I was talking to the world's best teacher. Um, <clears throat> oh, I do love you. Well, <laughs> I, my, one of my regrets in life is that I never was a pupil in your class. I don't think I ever even visited you when you were teaching either, which is a real shame. But Florida, so you're, you're looking at you're looking at the uh, you're looking at well, obviously watching CNN, I imagine. Although Fox mm -hmm. News on your iPad just no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> So you're watching the dreadful mainstream media. How dare those QAnon villains right. even? have a heartbeat and you see florida come up and it says cnn predicts florida for who's it going to be trump because at the moment the opinion polls i'm going to be optimistic the opinion polls are leaning florida in the biden camp and by not, and not an insignificant margin hmm. okay so what we have to take into consideration which is the real heartbreak well everything's a real heartbreak right now um is the whole coronavirus thing and voting. Mm. 
because as you know, I'm sure Trump is trying to discourage people from voting by mail by defunding the, the post office. Taking the mailboxes away. <laughs> and taking the mailboxes away and locking the mailboxes. Yes, exactly. It's and, a long way from hanging chads. Yes. Um, Jesse, my husband, mailed a birthday card to Florida, uh, to uh, Colorado, um, and paid $7 to have it express mailed um, with, because it had a birthday check in it. And it took three weeks to get there. Wow. It was supposed to take two days. Wow. Yes. So, and he had it tracked and it, it just sat places. It sat places for days and days and days and days and days and days and days. Isn't the new, isn't your, the new post, I don't, I forget what the, top, the job role is, but isn't, well, isn't he a Trump buddy or yes, something? Yes, that's the whole thing. Postmaster General. Yes. He's a Trump sycophant. And so he's been put in there to sort of screw, it seems to me, Trump appoints people who don't like the agencies that they are then heading. You know, he, he had it, the head of the EPA has sued it multiple times and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, yes, he's slowing the mails purposefully. Um, and he has actually said, Trump has actually said, um, if the mail, uh, if the postal service isn't bailed out, as he put it, um, people won't be able to vote by mail. The problem, do you know why the Postal Service is in such trouble? Postal Service is only in trouble because years ago, Congress passed a law that their pension system for postal employees has to be front loaded by 75 years. So if they weren't front loading the pension system, they'd be fine. They'd be totally solvent. That's what's made them, caused them financial difficulties. So anyway, so the question is, will people go vote? Um, and then the next question is, will the vote be manipulated somehow? And of course, the big question is Russian interference. But I don't think we only have to worry about Russian interference. I think we have to worry about Trump administration interference. Yes, what could they do that was worse than steal mailboxes? <laughs> right, exactly. So, okay, if there, if, okay, if we had a free and fair election, if people actually went out to the polls to vote, with all of those ifs, I think Biden would win. Mm -hmm. And what's, just back up a minute, what's the significance of the male voting? What, what, uh, is, well, in, in, let's say, in battleground states, as they, I believe they're called, um, how, how significant is our postal votes? Well, the, it's because of the virus. People don't want to wait in line for two hours. Oh, I see. It's only because of the virus. Because so is that then likely to be older voters who are going to mail vote or is that a bit simplistic? Well, then the next problem is, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many problems. The next problem is that the, another thing the government's done is in rural and poorer areas, they've closed polling stations. No. So there are, there are areas that are poor and rural areas where, and primarily minority areas, where one has to travel 10 miles or something to the nearest polling location and there's no public transportation. So if you have a primarily African-American community where the polling station has been taken out, and you have to travel 10 miles to cast your vote. 
and there's no public transportation to the nearest polling station and you don't have a car and the mailboxes have been taken out, how do you vote? Mm. That's the question. Now, presumably, oh, well, no, I'd still, I, I, I uh, because we're in the final uh, stretch of this conversation for episode one of our conversation, which, to which we shall return just before, I think, um, we have 10 minutes, but I'm still going to pin you down, my friend. Um, I'm looking at, I'm looking, you can't see this, but I'm looking at Florida, uh, I'm looking at, uh, um, What's this website called? Real Clear Politics. I don't know whether it's... Any oh, yes, yes, work. yes. I have a friend that used to work for them. Yeah, I know them. The Financial Times over here derives... And Financial Times is about as dispassionate as you can get here. So it has Florida. I'm really encouraged by this, you see. And I'm, if you, I'm gonna, I'm, I will say, I will go out on a limb and say, I'm hearing, I'm hearing um, CNN say... Um, and we're in a position now to say that we're calling... Not in this accent, clearly... Uh, we're calling uh, we're calling Florida for Joe Biden, and the, my evidence for that is in four of the polls that I'm looking at here, Biden has a four to three lead, which is really within the margin of error. And I don't know what Clinton's lead was in Florida. If she had one, you may do at this point two months out. But I'm going to say that the older voters in Florida, which is I, my cliche UK perception of, of Florida voters is that they're going to be largely uh, that it, in those who are likely to move in those who are likely to move I mean, you, oh crikey, who can't have one time my view, my view would be people are so the UK, my view as a UK citizen is that people have got so sick of being led by this man that there are going to be just enough people because it's not about the huge popular vote, is it? It's about the, the, the vote in particular states like Ohio and Pennsylvania and, uh, and Florida. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. Okay, so the other problem is our, our electoral college issue. And that ties back to a lot of our problems, it seems to me, which is the fact that when this country was founded and designed, um, apparently from what I read, and again, I was an English teacher, not a history teacher, but from what I read, um, George Washington wanted a strong federal government and Thomas Jefferson wanted strong state governments. And so you had the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. And so they sort of came up with this compromise where some things are determined by states and some things are determined by the federal government. And of course, the Civil War broke out as a result of that clash over slavery. Um, and and it, <coughs> resolved, you know, the slavery issue, more or less, um, or the legality of slavery in this country on a federal level, but it didn't resolve so many other issues with regards to state versus federal. So that's why we have state laws instead of a federal law with gun control, and people can buy a gun in you know, Virginia, and then just drive across the bridge into Washington, D.C. And, sh and shoot someone. And there's no, you know, checks in between states with with guns and carrying guns. And then um, the response to the, to the coronavirus is state and even local response. Education is state and even local um, and funded locally and so varies widely. Um, 
so there's it's it's sort of an ongoing state versus federal issue and Trump is definitely exacerbating that divide because he's pitting states against each other on many levels. And pitting federal against state. One, one, and one. pitting federal against state. So what's the implication of that? Human for being. Huh? What's the Sorry? implication of that for the for this for the, uh, the for, am I right to call it the swing states, the one that the ones that over here is anyway, like we're told, you know. Yeah, well, that means your vote, you know, it's not really, the popular vote doesn't really matter. I mean, Hillary Clinton won won the popular vote. Right, exactly. But so, interestingly enough, you know, optimistic reverie, are you, are you prepared to, can you envision it being, let me say this to you now, can you envision it being at least, not even likely, but possible that Biden wins in enough of the swing states, despite the gerrymandering that's gone on with pinching people's chance to vote, or do you think it's lost now? No, I don't think it's lost. And as soon as we get off, I'm sending him more money. <laughs> I did already send him some money, but I'm going to send him. So more will money. I. I will donate straight away. Right, right. Because um, I'm really excited by it. I think. I think because I think you know. I think. Um, I think the ticket is a very, and it could be such a huge change worldwide. I know. I no. no I don't think. I don't think it's a bad ticket, and I, I do not agree with people who think he's a bad candidate. I think no. he would have been a better candidate 20 you years ago. You persuaded me because you've met him, haven't you? I did meet him. I met him, but a long time ago, when I was a university student here in the States. Um, I think it was in 1981, maybe, my last year of university. Um, he came to my university to speak. And afterwards, my roommate and I went out to talk to him in the hall. And he stood and talked to us um, for a good 15 minutes and was very personable and attentive in a totally appropriate way. Um, and we were both very impressed. He was very articulate. I don't think he has dementia. Um, he has stuttered, apparently, or, or overcome a stuttering problem um, throughout his life. And... I think he chooses his words for the most part carefully or maybe just paces himself so he won't stutter. Um, he does tend at times to stick his foot in his mouth by saying things that, you know, that he hasn't thought through before he says them. But I think what he has going for him as far as I'm concerned as a voter is that I think he will choose a good team um, mm. for his administration. And mm. so I'm less concerned about him as an individual and his health and even his mental acuity as an individual um, than because I feel strongly that he's got the right instincts mm. and that he will choose a good team for mm. his administration. Certainly do not, this is not the case with the Trump administration. Um, and so I don't know a lot about Kamala Harris. Um, you know, I need to read up more on her, but so far, you know, it seems to me that, that she also would be a good uh, support system in that administration. And, yeah, and I think the other thing that, that, I don't know what you think about this, I have two more questions left, and then, we've, then, then we're going to call time on this, because, because even, my, even my cherished daughter and her fictitious grandchildren, she ever has them, you know, they have a, they have a tolerance level that uh, you would not exceed, but I would very quickly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, um, uh, because, 
she is being, you know, you can't look at her without thinking, well, she's she's going to be running. He's not going to run for a second. If he gets in, he's not right. going to run for a second term, is he? Right. So yeah. she presumably would be, and, and that's a decent story. And it's a much, obviously, is a, is, is, is a, well, the, the scale of the alternative is so oceanically awful that if he wins, he then passes the baton to uh, Donald Trump Jr. Oh my God. With, uh, you know, uh, with uh, his, his wife as the, as the running mate or something. Mm. But the scale, but what do you think that, that, that the Biden suffers because um, that, that the president that we're all measuring him against is not Trump, but um, Barack Obama, who is unsurpassable in at least my view? Yeah, possibly. I think it's a shame. It's too bad. And again, you can't criticize Biden for this, but it, it's. It's too bad his age, you know, sort of works against him. Although Trump, you know, Trump gets away with what he gets away with. He's not only his age, but look at his physique, um, but um, and his health habits or lack thereof, and his golfing. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. But um, he was golfing today, wasn't he? Went while the riots oh, going. Yeah. He golfs all the time, and then he charges the U.S. government for it. Yet there are people who still think he belongs in the Oval Office, which totally flummoxes me. And, um, you know, and I think if, if Biden's son, Bo, hadn't died, he might have run in 2016 and, and history would have been considerably changed as a result of that, because I think maybe he could have won in 2016. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the same, some of the same people that gave you Brexit gave us Donald Trump. Absolutely dead right. Absolutely dead right. And, and maybe the lesson we need to learn is to not be complacent because I think a lot of people in Britain thought that Brexit wouldn't pass and so they didn't even bother voting or they didn't. Completely right. Right. Or even people who thought, well, you know, uh, I might as well, you know, and I'm a bit disgruntled, but clearly Brexit isn't going to win. So I might as well vote uh, uh, as a kind of emotional, uh, you know, thing. Um, right. But, but now that now that this is what fuels my in the final and our final minutes in closing, what fuels my optimism is that surely so here's my last question to you do you oh, I hope it's going to be a yes to this do you know anybody who voted Trump last time and they've changed their minds personally no but I've read well, I've read accounts I've read accounts in the paper of people who have been interviewed who've said that and they're you know in the Washington Post um, op-ed section and there have been a number of columnists and uh, letters to the editor um, from people who have said that I don't personally know anybody right. who voted for Trump oh um, that's encouraging that's encouraging right um, That's why you don't. Well, know no, let me switch. say this. Let me say this. I have one, two, three Facebook friends out of like 800 or something that voted for Trump and will vote for Trump again. And the only reason that I keep them on my face, Facebook feed, they're not really close friends, is because I want them to see my anti-Trump <laughs> postings. <laughs> One is my fourth grade boyfriend that I haven't seen since I was in person since I was 10 um, from my hometown. And 
you know, I don't know what to do about him. Another is the mother of a girl that Fiona, my daughter did theater with, who's a very conservative Catholic who only votes on abortion issues and sees Trump as packing the courts um, with anti-abortionist judges and potentially overthrowing Roe versus Wade. And so that's why she's voting for him and would vote for him. So let's go back to the single issue things that you said at the start then. They're, they're just not going to move whatever. Say it again? That goes back to the single issue thing, does it, that yes. you said at the start? Yes. Yes. There's a group yes. that just, they just ain't going to shift, doesn't yes. matter what. Yes. Actually, the third person's like that too. Yes. Yep. So uh, that's not necessarily a sign for the... Right, okay, so we're going to... We, we will talk again in... Um, let's try and make a prediction here. Um, just so that... Because it's fun. It'll be fun to... Uh, to uh, in the, I don't know, perhaps we'll talk again not in um, September, but let's suppose we do another one of these in October. Because my I'd determination like is that we'll yes. do one before the election, right before the election. Okay. And then we'll do one, no matter what the result, no matter how we feel, oh. we will do one in November. You know, uh, one thing, one thing, two things. One is I'm now reading Mary Trump's book. Mary Trump mm. is Donald Trump's niece. Um, her father was his older brother. Um, and the title of it is Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. Mm -hmm. And I just started it. So I would love to talk about that next time we talk. Yeah. Um, the other you thing that makes feel... me... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the other thing that makes me feel um, a mixture of relief and, and some guilt even is that, you know, my grandparents were from Ireland and I got my Irish passport back in the early 1980s. My husband's parents were from Ireland and he got his Irish passport right around that time. And our children uh, therefore have Irish citizen, dual citizenship. We all have dual citizenship. So we have American passports and EU passports. And, you know, honestly, in the darkest days, um, mm. that sort of makes me feel a little better. Oh, that's not, that's not, um, that's not a weird thought at all. It's a little, it, uh, there's a little guilt there too, though, because, you know, I realize that I have options that most Americans don't have. Um, but it does make me feel a little better. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, uh, what's coming up then in, the, in, 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 uh, in October, I don't know whether there are going to be any debates and if they are, whether they make any difference anyway, I don't honestly think they make, one, what, what one reads is that, is that these live TV debates don't make any, don't make a huge amount of difference anyway. Well, uh, they did make a difference apparently in the early days of television when, when some candidates were more uh, prepared and groomed for the visual than others. Um, I don't know that they would make a difference now, although, you know, I, I'm hoping that, well, Donald Trump just has this propensity. Um, he's so insulting, you know, he makes up names for people. Mm. So I, I just don't think Biden should, should debate him. I, I think he should refuse to debate him. I mean, why stand there and get insulted? Completely, and there's precedent for that. Uh, uh, yes. uh, well, certainly yes. over here. But uh, I, do you think that you will be feeling as tense now, tense then, as you are now about the outcome, or do you think that the chances are? Let's. I'm going to be really super dreamy about this. Trump will will. Uh, not 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 literally, because one wouldn't want to cause uh, violence to happen to anybody. He shoots himself in the foot 
in some spectacular way or some terrible series of, there are more resignations. Who's the lady who does his uh, press, press briefings now? I can't remember her name. No, uh, interesting, because there have been so many, but they've all gone. I can't remember her name, right, right. Now gone, one gathers that's because of personal issues rather than, than actual political difference. Well, well, have you followed Kellyanne Conway and George Conway there? Yeah, it's because their daughter is this. Their daughter was going to declare a petition for emancipation, yes. Yes. So that's, Interestingly that's enough, plausible as well, actually. Well, do you remember... Do you remember early, uh, a few minutes ago, I said that I went through Catholic schools and even the nuns were liberal. Okay, mm. so I went for university here in America. I went to Trinity College in Washington, DC, um, which is a small all women's college. Um, and it's the oldest all women's college in the United States. It was founded in the late 1800s. Um, and I went there because my mother had gone there, blah, 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 long story short, that, um, you know, it wasn't really my choice. However, I got a great education there. Kellyanne Conway, as well as Nancy Pelosi, are both Trinity graduates. And interestingly enough, the president of Trinity, uh, Pat McGuire, wrote a letter to the New York, uh, the Washington Post at some point about Ke Kellyanne and said, Kellyanne Conway is, is a graduate of Trinity College. We disavow her behavior, her attitudes, wow. her public, you know, uh, positions. Um, and these are, these are not, um, uh, these are, these are not positions. These are not uh, moral. This is not the moral background that, that she developed at Trinity. We are ashamed. Wow. Basically we are ashamed of her. Wow. And that's something, isn't it? Very strong. Very strong. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. That's like being excommunicated. That's one simple Yes, it was like being excommunicated from your university. And, Gee, and it was wait. very articulate. I'm not being articulate right now, but it was a very articulate letter. And you could probably find it online. And Kellyanne Conway then wrote a letter, uh, a, a rebuttal to Pat McGuire's letter, also published in the paper, that said basically, well, you're not getting any more of my money. And Trinity, <laughs> and Trinity said, good. <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, that's an upswing. That's enough. We'll take it. We'll have. We'll take that upswing. Times are times. I'm old enough to remember times. They are a changing, and uh, I. I think it was a, what a time it was. It was. Yes, there we are. Uh, well, we can't top that. So, right. uh, uh, Francesca, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Uh, as it's very important for me to hear this, and it's and, and there's a bit of, you know. Here's what we thought then. Could you remember we did this, we did the, 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 the mystery tapes that have vanished of our tour around Ireland? I still have hopes to, that I'll find those. That yeah. was 1989 when we traveled all over Ireland and recorded yeah. ourselves. Well, wouldn't that have been interesting to, to listen to them now? Um, well, I, I never throw anything away, so I still have hope that I will find them. Well, I think I know where they are. I think that they're with... Uh, uh, yes. In a box. <laughs> They'll emerge during the campaign. Um, yes. Uh, they're with the, uh, they're with, uh, they're in the Pentagon somewhere, that's what uh, <clears throat> Right, okay, good. Uh, right, have a good day. Thank you. Well, I look forward to talking again, and I hope that, uh, I'm, I hope that I will continue, uh, that I will be hopeful. I hope that I will be hopeful. <laughs> okay, you, good. Do, and, and on another note, do you have a guest bedroom in case things go <laughs> <down>? <laughs>
Remember, this is Brexit land, and I'm not. I know my EU passport won't count, right? Yeah. So just as you come to Ireland, I'll be going to Poland, um, (laughs) traveling further east to uh, get away from the nutters. Mind you, Poland's going through difficult times, aren't they? Right. Okay. Okay. Keep Uh, in touch. Bye.